0: Hey Dragons, welcome to episode 20 of the podcast. This episode is with Brianna White, star of the movie Occupants. You have heard of that movie on this podcast before. I've interviewed the director, Russ Emanuel. Well, they're doing a screening this Saturday at San Diego Comic-Con. We are going to be there. And if you find me during the screening and tell me the password that we gave you on Russ's uh, podcast episode, as well as in this one, you will win a very special prize from me. And trust me, it's worth it. So here's Brianna In the basement,
1: rolling dice. Rolling dice. I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right.
0: candle slicker. Hello again dragons, welcome to another episode of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast where we mix nerd and fitness culture to break down barriers. Hope everybody out there is gearing up for San Diego Comic Con. It is coming up quickly. Today I am excited to be joined by Brianna White, star of the movie Occupants, which is going to be screened at San Diego Comic Con. Hi Brianna, how are you?
1: Wonderful, how are you?
0: I, I'm actually doing really good. I just downed an energy drink, so... Perfect. We, You're yeah, set. For the day, or <laughs> possibly even the week.
1: So I have to apologize. I, um, I have a rabbit right next to my recording station, <laughs> and um, she drinks from her water bottle for a good, like, two-minute length of time. <laughs> so I don't know if you can hear it, but I've gotten a lot of complaints on my channel sometimes about <laughs> her drinking during pivotal quiet moments.
0: No, um, that's fine. We are okay. not going to complain about that. I think right. if you listen to probably my first three or four episodes, you can hear my dogs barking in the background.
1: There you go. We can't, I mean, aren't there are animals. There are friends. I, I can't tell her not to drink water. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, I, I feel like they're just members of my family.
1: Exactly. And
0: who don't listen to me.
1: Yeah, sounds and, about right. Like, well, I mean, most family members don't, so...
0: Well, I'm fortunate enough to have a very supportive wife that when I say, hey, honey, I'm about to go podcast, can you keep it down for a little bit? She's like, absolutely, of course. And then the dogs start barking because they're not giving me one inch. Of course not. <laughs> All right. So you and I just met, and so I would love to learn a little bit about you, and I'm sure everybody listening would love to learn a little bit about you as well. So go ahead and tell us about yourself.
1: So I'll start by saying that I am an actress. I decided I loved acting when I was seven years old I did my first school play and I've been in love ever since with the craft with the art of it with the performance and um, I did school performances all through high school and then I went to NYU I was lucky enough to get into that school for acting So I graduated from NYU about three years ago and I've been in LA ever since with the hustle
0: <laughs> Excellent well the Tisch School, right?
1: Yes, to school, Tisch School of the Arts.
0: That is incredibly hard to get into.
1: Thank um, you. I was very lucky. <laughs> yeah,
0: congratulations. Well, Thank you. I, I prefer to think of luck as opportunity meets preparation. So I'm sure you're, you worked your ass off to get in there.
1: Well, I mean, there are so many things that go into school admissions in the first place. I think part of why I got into NYU and not a lot of other schools is my academics were, you know, fairly above average. I would say I was a B student. Um, but NYU actually has an audition portion. And so I got to show off a little bit of all that I had learned through my, you know, 10 years of, so of school Mm -hmm. plays. Um, so I was lucky enough to be able to show them that, whereas a lot of the other schools don't have an actual audition process. So it's, it's, Hard to say that I prepared so much. I mean, I prepared a monologue. <laughs> well,
0: there you go. That's preparation. <laughs>
1: but so much goes into casting. I mean, if the if the person auditioning me was just having a bad day, you know, <laughs> that could have that could have meant I, my whole life was changed. I didn't get into NYU. But that's why I say I'm lucky is there were so many things that had to go right.
0: Absolutely. And real quick, you said you started getting into school plays when you were seven. What was Mm -hmm. the school play that you first did?
1: My first school play was Annie,
0: Annie Jr.
1: Yes. And, um, I played Molly, her, her orphan BFF. Yeah, (laughs) it was a good time. It was so funny. My parents, when they talk about it, they always talk about how I had the very first line in the entire play. And it was actually my school's first year doing a production at all. So I had the very first line of the very first play that my school ever did.
0: You need a plaque.
1: <laughs> Isn't it so funny? Like parents hold on to the silliest thing sometimes, but they are so proud of that.
0: <laughs> no, uh, I remember I was I was in a play in middle school. I was in Hello, Dolly. I played uh, Rudolph Reisenweber who is the maitre d' of the restaurant that the entire oh, okay. second act takes place in. Right, right. And then I gave up on acting because I realized I wasn't that good and I didn't really like it.
1: Well, you could probably work a little harder if you weren't that good, but if you just don't like it...
0: <laughs> I, then, then why put in the time? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, what I did discover is I loved... I actually assistant-directed a school production of Cinderella, and that I loved. Okay. So I loved being behind the scenes. Um, Russ and I have spoken about that numerous times.
1: That's so funny. It's um, I'm the only performer in my family. Everybody else loves the theater, but they love being backstage. My dad actually, or my stepdad actually stage directed all my
0: school plays. Okay.
1: Yeah. So my family's been very involved in theater for my whole life.
0: Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Very interesting. Have they have they been a part of anything you've done professionally? No. Okay. Do your own they thing. They were just
1: very involved in the school community and in the spirit of helping out. And it was so fun because we would always get together before the play, during the rehearsals, and then after the play, we would always um, have our, like, Classic dinner at Denny's or Norm's or whatever it is, and the whole production would get together and have this big, you know, cast dinner, cast and crew dinner. And so I think part of the part of that is the spirit of it is I think what they were drawn to, rather than the actual like art of it, I guess.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, now, are you from either L.A. or New York?
1: I'm from Orange County, so okay. just bordering L.A.
0: Okay. Um, how did you like the East Coast?
1: I have, I visited New York when I was 16 years old for like a week long leadership program or whatever. And, um, I fell in love with the city at 16 and I had always had a feeling. I'd always been drawn to it. I always kind of knew how I would love it. And I love the passion there. I love the, the drive. I love the energy. Um, So it's a great place for me to go. It was a great place for me to work and learn and be, but I can't live there for a long time because I can't do the weather.
0: No, uh, (laughs) I I totally hear what you're saying. I've told other people this. I lived in D.C. for three years and I loved my time there and I spent three years there when I was um, in my mid-20s and it was great. It was phenomenal. Loved it could not deal with the winters and the, in the three years I was there, I learned it's
1: brutal. Yeah.
0: I learned I need to go back to the West coast. Exactly. So.
1: And it's, it's, it's so weird. Like, especially coming from Southern California, I had never owned a pair of boots, not a <laughs> single pair of boots until I moved to New York and I had to buy, I could only wear boots for a good six months out of the nine months that I was there. Cause I would always come home for a summer and um, it just, it really affects you. You don't, someone coming from a warm climate to a cold climate I didn't really understand that the weather can totally affect your personality it can totally affect your mood when you just you expect to see sunshine every single day when you wake up and then you don't see it for nine months that's weird
0: yeah no and that was one of the things that I had to deal with and I actually had to deal with my first winter there on crutches because I tore my ACL Oof. Yeah. so that was a blast yeah (laughs) Sure so you're on stage you're in for, uh, you're in all these school plays you're an in, in actress here in LA if you could have any superpower what would it be
1: so in my acting training I've kind of come to this love for storytelling and I've always loved reading I read a lot I've always loved you know Good television, good movies. So I think related to that i've I've always kind of wanted to have the superpower of of mind reading. And part of that is just because i I like to know what makes people tick. i was I also minored in psychology when I was studying <laughs> acting, so it was kind of a whirlwind of a ride. so I, I really like to know people and their
0: stories. I can totally see how they can help you acting because if you could read, the casting director's mind and yeah. like, gosh we really need her to do this then you can oh, do yeah.
1: that yeah well the hard part is sometimes they don't even know what they want <laughs> Sometimes, and that's true for actors too it's true for directors it's true for costume people it's just true for people period and that's why even if I was a mind reader it might not actually help me out at all <laughs>
0: <laughs> they just, they're waiting for something to come in and they don't know what they're looking for but they'll exactly. know it when they see it
1: they know it when they see it that's what you always hear okay
0: and do you have any particular heroes or favorite superhero or a source of inspiration?
1: That is so hard. Um, like I said, I'm really into a good story, no matter what media it's being told in. And um, I try to take a little bit from every hero of every story. So sometimes that means, you know, a big one is like Harry Potter, like he, he was this person who was controlled by this fate that he had you know that started before he was born and he tried to overcome all these obstacles and ultimately he did made the ultimate sacrifice I mean that's a really cool story and he's a really great hero but on the other hand more realistically I have my dad who's like really hard worker and like he's a hero of mine so I just try to instead of I don't I've never really had like one big iconic hero but I take a little bit of inspiration from every person that has a good story to tell
0: Okay, excellent. And that that is probably the most I think the most accurate answer because I think a lot of people for for almost anybody because I think at different times in your life, mm-hmm. different qualities, different people, different characters are going to speak to you more.
1: Exactly, because maybe that's what you need at that time in your life. Yeah. And yeah.
0: Right now, um given the pro- uh proximity to the to the show, I think my hero right now is Cersei Lannister.
1: Oh. <laughs> What a character. Oh my gosh.
0: Like she's so great.
1: I really think she can go down with some of the greatest characters in history. I mean in the history of fiction. Like I think she can.
0: Are you putting her as greatest character? Because I would I can see her as a great character. I can also see her up there as one of the greatest villains.
1: Oh, that's so hard. I would say, yeah, she can be officially categorized as a villain since the finale. <laughs> maybe maybe not before, because at that point you get into that wicked mentality of, was she born evil or was evilness thrust upon her? Which I find a, a really interesting concept for all villains.
0: That's actually very interesting. Yeah. I, I, you know... Her, I, I want. I don't think she was born evil, but I think she made choices that ultimately made her evil.
1: I don't know.
0: I don't know. You, you.
1: I don't you know. Blow
0: up half a city. That's well, definitely a choice. Spoiler to... alert. This is good. We have <laughs> uh, here at Dungeons and Dragons, we have a firm three-day rule. Which oh, I like it. If 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 something is come out within 3 days, we will either give you a spoiler alert or not spoil it, but Got after 3 it. days. And this is going up July 20th, so
1: Well, I'll just tell you ahead of time, I hate spoilers and I haven't seen the last season of Walking Dead, so that's my personal preference, no Walking Dead talk.
0: Okay. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm actually one episode from the season finale of this season. Okay. We can leave it at that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So what are some of your other favorite areas of nerdiness?
1: Um, well, that's I've done a little bit of every nerd type, I feel like. I don't know. Um, my big thing right now is video games. And I've been playing video games since I was little. But I kind of, while I was in school lost that nerdiness of video games, and so I didn't play games for like a good nine-year period, and then I finally recently come back to them, and I'm starting to catch up,
0: so to speak. (laughs) No, absolutely. What are are your favorite current games?
1: So my favorite franchise is easily Legend of Zelda. Um, Those games have just spanned such a long period of time, and they've been revolutionary games. Well, you know, Ocarina of Time is probably one of the best games of all time. <laughs> and then um, recently, I've really come to love anything story-based. Any RPG, I also really like. So anything that kind of mixes those elements, I really like the Mass Effect series, and I really like the Uncharted series, which is less RPG, more story-based, but it's it just takes you on a journey, and I love that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you watched any footage from the new the new game breath uh, of something
1: breath breath of the zelda breath of the wild yes. yeah i actually was lucky enough to work as a game demonstrator for nintendo during this e3 <gasps> so i not only have seen the gameplay demo i've seen it 800 times and i played it
0: <laughs> um i think you just became the guest i'm officially most jealous of
1: well, we could talk about that for the entire rest of the episode, but if you want uh, my full opinions, you can always check out the review I did on it of, on my channel.
0: Oh, excellent. I will definitely direct people to that. I've actually been in the middle of the field test for Pokemon Go, so that's been my life cool. for the last 10 days.
1: So then let me ask you, um, so when I first heard of Pokemon Go, I was like, that's such a cool idea. And then I was like, well, what happens when a kid walks into the street?
0: Well, the first thing that's popping into my head is they've done it so that I've never had a Pokemon show up in the street.
1: Okay, so it's GPS integrated. Yes. With, like, street data. Okay. Yes. Uh, and is that global? I mean, where wouldn't there be street information?
0: See, I it, it actually had... I just moved into a house with a new development.
1: Right. So, See, that's...
0: Yeah. So Google didn't have us in the system. Okay. Pokemon Go did.
1: Oh, that's creepy. So, what do they know that we don't?
0: <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> so it's it's very interesting. It's very precise. Um, there's also a warning when you first turn it on that says... Mm-hmm. Absolutely be aware of your surroundings. Right. Um, I think... I think the game is going to need adult supervision. Yeah. You know, mostly because it's... The game is designed to get you up and walking. Right. So, I'm hoping what this is actually going to do is family walks, you know, go walk the dog, get kids more active it's actually gotten me more active and I'm already a fairly active individual I I could have swung by target on my way home from running errands but instead I went home dropped off a couple of things I had and then I walked to the target right mostly just so I could catch Pokemon on the way
1: that just seems a little unrealistic to me maybe it's just me but I don't know if if a if a parent is not the type of parent to go on walks with their kid i don't think the kid saying i want to go catch some pokemon let's go on a walk is going to change anything
0: that's it's possible yeah. but i think maybe there will be a kid i mean kids can be incessant so oh if, yes <laughs> if the kid is going to say i want to go for a walk i want to go catch pokemon i want to go catch pokemon i want to go get catch pokemon and the only way to appease the kid instead of getting him, like, a candy bar at the Target when they're waiting in the checkout line is to take him on a walk around the block.
1: I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm just more of a cynic than, <laughs> than you. But what I see happening is people who are already walking are, are going to be using this game. And I see it as Nintendo having a tactic to get you to constantly have your DS on you. Yes. And, of course, that's what happened with the whole StreetPass system, right? Because they're trying to get people to have the DS on them all the time. Yes. <laughs> D-
0: valid point. And I, <laughs> I, I do think this is going to, especially with Pokemon Go Plus, which is the wearable. Right. Um, it's definitely a way to have people keep their phones. Well, most people have their phones on them the entire time, but it's their way of keeping the app up and open the entire time. Right. I'm sure all that data is being sent to Nintendo, and they (laughs) know better than me. Of course, of course. I'm still super excited about it.
1: Oh, I believe it. Yeah. um, It's an awesome concept. If nothing else, it's something to watch
0: for. And I've taken pictures of... Because it uses your camera, and so you can see the Pokemon in in real life, in actual reality. And I will take pictures of Pokemon, like, on top of my dogs. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, And there, there was one time we were at a restaurant... Uh, for having dinner and I walked away and I was like, honey, there are Pidgey all over this restaurant. <laughs> so, I like that. And then my wife was like, why are you playing games when <laughs> we're at dinner? <laughs> so you you also Twitch, right? Um, or So you...
1: I, I have a little bit of experience with Twitch but my main thing is YouTube and then I'm going to be Twitch streaming more often in the future.
0: Okay. Before I forget, hey, what sort of stuff and what sort of game stuff is sure. different? So
1: my YouTube channel is pretty much all gaming-related. It's it's called Strange Rebel Gaming, and it is all gaming-related. Um, there are a few vlogs on there, but they're all either gaming or tech-related. So my vlogs are like my Zelda Breath of the Wild gameplay demo and review, or my computer build. I just built myself a new computer, and people really like that video, but... That's that's basically the stuff on my channel.
0: That's hey, that's really cool. I wish I could build my own computer. I think <laughs> my extent is replacing RAM. Yeah, <laughs>
1: well, I didn't do it alone. I had a lot of help.
0: Okay, well that's well that's good. We all need help sometimes. <laughs> now, uh, what got you into gaming?
1: Actually, this is kind of crazy, but my mom. So I can remember way back in the day, I was like. I want to say maybe like three or four years old, and I would sit on my mom's lap while she played the old school King's Quest games on her computer at work. And so I would play those games with her, and we would solve puzzles together. And then um she got the N64 for the kids, but also for her. <laughs> and um she played through ocarina of time so many times that she has her own walkthrough she like oh. made this excel spreadsheet of all the things she needs to hit to do 100 percent playthrough and and then <laughs> she ended up doing it for medora's mask came out next um so she's really into it she really likes um mind puzzles she really likes to work out that part of her brain and the zelda games were just a really great way to do that yeah. and that's pretty much become a family thing ever since then like we all played diablo 2 together too which is less of a puzzle game but we spent a lot of time playing that game okay as a family
0: (laughs) (laughs) now do you guys get online and play together
1: actually when we played diablo 2 together we had four desktop computers on the same desk and we would sit (laughs) next to each other and play in the same game together
0: that's awesome the family that games together stays
1: Stays together together, exactly (laughs)
0: No, i think I think the only experience I've ever had with that was me and my dad used to play the game Yoshi for the mm. original Nintendo. It's okay. like this tetris type game, and we would just play for hours and uh to the extent where I made a championship belt nice w w e style cool. and it would it would go back and forth between the two of us like <laughs> it was the reigning champion
1: that's awesome that's such a fun memory. <laughs>
0: This is a good time. I should definitely get that on like emulator and try to figure out a oh, way to play yes. it online with him. That would be awesome. absolutely. Oh, and Dr. Mario. Oh, okay, yeah. Dr. Mario was awesome. Yeah. Um, are these are these games? Did you play any of these games? Or is this after your or before your generation? I don't know.
1: Dr. Mario or Tetris Yoshi? No, I never played those.
0: Okay. Ugh.
1: Oh. My my first quote unquote console was N sixty four.
0: Good console to start with, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Did you ever go back and play any of the old stuff?
1: No, because no. I just never bought the console. Yeah, so, yeah. That's
0: fine. I like it. So, um, there's one thing that was, it's kind of a current topic right now, and that there's a lot of sexism in gaming. Sure. Um, people remember Gamergate, media in general, one of my biggest pet peeves is people are always asking women to essentially prove their Mm -hmm. gamerness.
1: Yes, Um, yeah.
0: And I've always had a real big problem with that because obviously, to be perfectly honest right now, I haven't played a video game in depth in Mm -hmm. years. Right. You could school me at any game we could play. We could pick up anything (laughs) and I'd just be like, derp. Yeah. So have you ever experienced anything like that?
1: Well, I mean, on my YouTube channel, I get comments like that all the time. I get comments like, oh, gamer girls, that's rare. Or, oh, a gamer girl that's actually pretty, that's even rarer, which is insulting multiple ways. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then I get, um, oh, oftentimes when I meet someone in person, I – I, I've always stayed away from calling myself a gamer for that specific reason. And it's because, well, I, I played mostly Nintendo for most of my childhood. And like you just asked, oh, well, haven't you played Dr. Mario? And a lot of men and, and women, so to speak, you know, anyone really can be a sexist. And they go, oh, well, if you haven't played Dr. Mario, you can't call yourself a gamer. And it's like, would would you say that to a man who only plays Call of Duty? I don't know. I don't think they would.
0: Well, and, and I hope that everyone listening out there thinks or got that my Dr. Mario Yoshi comments were more age-related and not gender-related.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. no, I I didn't take offense to what you said. I just used an example.
0: No, absolutely. And it's a good example. Exactly. <laughs> I guarantee you I'm going to have one listener out there who's going to send me an angry email and be like, <laughs> Kenny, you just did the exact same thing you were yelling at. Um, no, no, there there's a very...
1: I like to think there's a pretty distinct difference. And, and I have a really tough skin. I started out as an actress and now I'm on YouTube. I don't take offense very easily. And even when I do, I just try to remember it's not personal. It's just their biases. biases.
0: Yes, I've, I've tried to show people it's more what other people bring to the table than what you're bringing to the table. Like if someone has a problem with you being – a woman who games. Yeah. That's really their issue and their bigotedness and oh, nothing absolutely. that you're doing.
1: Well, and it, it is a multifaceted topic because you do have women who pretend to play games for attention and who, who don't actually play them. And, you know, even women who use their sexuality as a cover for the fact that they can't play games. And I, I think that really puts Girls who really do play games in a bad light. And I feel like we get associated with them whether or not we engage in those types of activities. And that's where it's really not fair.
0: Yes, I can absolutely see that. And I've always had this mindset, whereas, A, I don't think a woman needs to feign an interest in gaming or comic books or anime or whatever to get attention to you know have your own interests like don't pretend to like games if you don't like games like whatever it is that you like I I wish I had a better example but um like one of the things is people always ask me if my wife is into is is as into comics as I am right She's gotten me more into comics. Yeah. She has the entire original first run of Deadpool from the 90s. Um we're pretty much going to hopefully retire on those. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. But like our first date was San Diego Comic-Con and we cosplayed and that was her idea.
1: Cool. Like
0: she just kind of opened my eyes when it came right. to that. So I Well, think and out.
1: I don't really know if I can I can say in my experience um People who are really into comic books, I experience more sexism there than I do in gaming. And I don't know if that's because gaming had more widespread attention and more, I don't want to say democratization, but just okay. more people got more into it. And so I think that kind of balanced everything out. There's been more attention brought to quote unquote gamer girls than in the comic book community where if I do, if I, <laughs> I did this reaction video one time with a friend of mine for the Batman versus Superman trailer. And when I was trying to talk about it, I I couldn't really talk about it very intelligently just because I didn't really know those characters. And I've never really been super into the comic book thing. And you would not imagine the vitriol I got in those comments. Like I got the worst comments from people calling me, you know, really awful slurs and awful names and calling me dumb from men and women no what was amazing is that women would go there to trash talk me to look better to the men who were also trash talking me does that make sense so, you <laughs> I don't know, get it
0: <laughs> as as this conversation is progressing i'm not thinking we have like a gamer problem or a nerd problem? I think we have an angry people problem. Oh, totally. <laughs> like, totally. like, and uh, in your defense, um, I just watched Batman vs Superman the first time a couple days ago. I know more than your average bear about comic books and the Flashpoint paradox and Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. I was still lost during that movie. <laughs> okay. And my my thoughts on that movie are no surprise to anyone i was just like this is horrible right this is a a giant mess and i didn't even understand it yeah so i don't understand how people with no background or little to no background can get it yeah we're on the same page there no worries
1: there is another side of that same coin ultimately that video got me a lot of publicity you know what they say <laughs> negative attention is still attention and, and that's true and even on my channel when people talk about you know oh it's a gamer girl I don't believe it that's still one more comment on my channel that's still one more view on my video and I try to not take it personal and use it to my advantage at the same time because a lot of the times they're going to have those biases anyway I might as well take advantage of it
0: <laughs> and, and <laughs> if, if someone's going to go off and be so rude or mean or angry to you, why not use them to boost yourself up? Absolutely. Like, like... And
1: I would say it's even deserved. (laughs) Like, I deserve it at that point if you're going to be that mean.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wholeheartedly agree. Plus, if you're a... Like, the vibe I get from you is you're a genuine, positive person. Thank you. And so, by them shining more light on you though they're being negative your positivity is still coming across and more people are going to see that and that's
1: what i try to remember is i get way more positive comments than i do negative comments and i try to forget the and remember the positive you, you gotta you know especially on a forum like youtube and well anywhere anybody can leave comments you know how it is
0: i i want to transition a little bit to fitness questions so Obviously gaming is quite sedentary. Yes. Do you do any sort of physical activity, exercise to uh, to do, do you get beast mode? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um I I will just straight up say it. I hate working out. And it's not that I <laughs> it's not that I hate exercise. I love exercise. I love the feeling. I love the the energy that it gives you for for days, weeks after, forever. Um but I don't like making the choice To say at 11 o'clock, I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to go on a run. And I don't have enough self-discipline to carry that out. (laughs) Um, So what I try to do is I try to integrate high energy activities in my daily activities. So like I really like gardening. And so that can actually be a very physical activity when you're digging a trench or whatever. Um, And I really like yoga. And that's something that keeps me flexible, keeps me energized, gets my heart rate up. But it's not necessarily you know lifting weights it's something a little bit more active a little bit more engaged that i can enjoy
0: you beast mode at yoga
1: i do and i really like hiking too (laughs) like i can't go on a run because i feel like that's boring but i really enjoy a nice hike where i'm looking at vistas and that's activity so i just try to focus on the goal is enjoying yourself but you can get there by working out if that makes sense
0: See, you you are living life and enjoying yourself while doing activities that are physical. Exactly. I've had so many people who are like, I hate working out. I hate going to the gym. I hate running. And I'm like, okay, well, find a hobby. Find an activity that you want to do. Yes. That is also somewhat physical. Exactly. Exactly. Um, which is why, getting back to gaming, I was a huge fan when the, uh, Wii came out. Oh, yeah. You know, when you had... The when Wii you
1: Sports? Had... Yeah.
0: And it's like, first of all, you get a bunch of college-age guys in a dorm room playing Wii tennis, not using the <laughs> wrist strap, we've had more than one broken window. Oh, yeah. It was yeah.
1: good. Yeah, well, that doesn't <laughs> even include injuries. Broken back.
0: Yeah. You're character in Occupants is filming a documentary that starts out by eating clean. Do you eat clean? Do you have a relatively healthy diet?
1: I would say I go through phases, (laughs) like like we all do. I I do my best to um, eat a salad when I'm at least kind of feeling it, So that when I'm not feeling it, I don't feel as guilty for not eating a salad, if that makes sense. Um, Absolutely. I'll I'll go through periods where I'll eat absolutely nothing unhealthy. Like it's literally like veggies on my plate or nothing else. And then I'll go through phases where it's like I have to have an In-N-Out burger. I cannot stop myself. (laughs)
0: <laughs> in and out's healthy in and out is healthy well, I'm gonna say that right now. Also, I am not a medical professional
1: <laughs> I'll also say this in and out is the only fast food I eat. I won't eat McDonald's, I won't eat Burger King. I can't do it and i I don't know why, but I used to eat like crap when I was a child, and part of that is my family just didn't really know any better, you know, like they didn't know how to talk about calories or fat or even my worst one is sodium. Um, and so as I get older, I notice that my body is starting to tell me when I'm not eating right. So if I at one point, I think two years ago, I went to Arby's, I got fast food and I got these awful stomach cramps. And I was like, I can't keep eating this. I can't keep doing this to my body. I'm, I'm not and I'm only 24. Like, I don't want to be the person to say <laughs> I'm not the spring chicken I used to be. But at the same time, like, I, I, I used to be able to eat that stuff. Now I can't. So <laughs> I can't oh. eat fast food, but I can eat in and out It's it's It doesn't affect my body the same way.
0: That's And, and I've often said on this podcast and in life, yes, in and out may not be the best for you, but if you need something fast, cheap, and easy – it is the least bad for
1: I you. I agree. You can tell the ingredients are fresh.
0: Yes. Oi, And now all I want for dinner is internet.
1: Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag
0: sorry. Not sorry. Podcast, podcast host guy. Oi <laughs> But that's
1: that's why I like to think that I'm lucky is that, um, you know, I used to drink a lot of soda. But I'm slowly weaning soda out of my life because Diet Coke actually started making me sick, so I couldn't drink Diet Coke anymore. And then I started getting really lethargic after drinking a Dr. Pepper, so I couldn't drink Dr. Pepper anymore. And now I'm just on clear sodas. So I have a feeling that it's just a process that I'm gonna go through and it's it sucks. That <laughs> <laughs> I can't Ooh. that I have to, you know, narrow down my my list of things that I can eat or drink, but ultimately it's the better for me. So
0: well yeah, and I'm not a big critic on what people drink I mean hello I just drank a
1: energy drink
0: rock, yeah those are rock so bad for drink. you <laughs> they're, so, they're so bad but they do what they claim they to. they do yeah and and I don't know if you saw but at least it's organic that's
1: true yeah <laughs> that's true
0: which honestly just means that it's organic cane sugar right yeah
1: forget all the <laughs> and, other stuff that's in there The sugar is organic.
0: There we go. But that's, yeah. I hope everyone gets the irony of that.
1: If I could honestly, like, just give advice to anybody listening, like, stop with diet beverages. There's something about artificial sugar, aspartame in particular, that is extremely, extremely unhealthy. Like it started giving me neurological symptoms like it made me very, very sick. And the problem with it, just obesity wise, is that aspartame makes your body think that you're drinking something sweet and then your body doesn't actually get the sugar and it gets confused and it thinks I need more. And so that's why people who are addicted to diet sodas drink way more soda than people who drink soda with sugar. It's way more addicting.
0: Yeah, I've often said – I never knew the reasons why, so thank you for filling me in on that. But I've often told people if you're going to drink a soda, yeah, you might not like the calories, but your body knows how to process the normal sugars and not aspartame.
1: I truly believe that diet sodas are going to be the cigarettes of this generation. I really believe that in 10 or 20 years, we're going to look back and say, that was so dumb. Why did we ingest that?
0: Yeah, but – the next problem we have is we're already all going to be owned by the corporations. <laughs> so there we go. We're not going to have a choice. We're going to get rid of water and just drink sodas.
1: Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. I was recent, I was listening to, um, I think it was NPR, but it was something about healthy living. And um, the woman on there said if you, you you have to understand the power you have a, as a consumer if you stop spending money on things like this people will stop making them because they're not making any money they, there's no in her opinion and in my opinion too there's no conspiracy that the corporations are trying to kill us no they just want our money so if we stop buying <laughs> the things that are killing us they'll stop making them
0: <laughs> that's very true um, case in point even though we didn't stop um how many tobacco companies went out of business? Exactly. You know. Exactly. So, let's see if we can get Coca-Cola out of business. Never
1: going to. I enjoy Coke every now and then. I don't have a problem with it. It's the it's the addict it's the addiction to the soda that gets me.
0: There you go. Yeah. And and I actually love me some Sprite. Oh, same. It's-
1: I was drinking. <laughs> I, I read this article that said that Sierra Mist is actually the healthiest of the clear sodas. So I was drinking Sierra Mist, but that just went out of business. And now it's Twist Mist. It tastes like crap.
0: Okay. So I haven't had soda in years. Um, I had one after a surgery one time because they were like, you need to drink a soda. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and I was still under anesthesia. So I was like, this is so good. <laughs> okay. Um, so I didn't even know Sierra Mist went out of business. Yeah,
1: it just happened like – well, I guess they didn't go out of business. They just went through a rebranding. It's not called Sierra Mist anymore. It's called Mist Twist. And um, it's it just happened like two weeks ago, and it's stupid. Oh.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's, it happened two weeks ago, and it's
1: stupid. Both of those things are true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. So let's, let's talk about why you're here. Sure. Let's talk about your movie. Let's do it. Um, you're awesome. Is this was your first leading
1: role? Yes, this was my f- yes. first lead in a feature. So I've done okay. I've, I've had leading roles in a lot of shorts, but this is my first lead in a feature length film.
0: Awesome. And it's called Occupants. Yes. And you <laughs> give us a brief rundown about the movie.
1: So Occupants is a sci fi horror thriller feature. And essentially It is the story of a couple who the wife, who I play, Annie Curtis, is a documentary filmmaker. And she decides to go on this clean living documentary trip. And so she sets up cameras all over the house, goes on her detox diet with her husband. And as she's watching the footage, she realizes that she potentially has recorded a parallel universe. So that's the premise of the film. (laughs)
0: Which I still haven't quite answered the questions in my mind about how the cameras picked it up, but I love it. You can't.
1: That's what makes it a (laughs) sci-fi.
0: Yes. And did you do any specific prep, getting ready to be Annie?
1: Well, I would have loved to, but I got got cast about three to five days before we started filming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which... Uh, Russ was on the podcast a couple weeks ago and he was telling me about that. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I basically, I had to go into, I was working at a restaurant at the time. I had to sit down with my manager and say, well, in five days, I'm going to be gone for 10 days. And he's like, well, the schedule's already out. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not coming into work. That's it. <laughs> Which
0: I, I hope he took that well.
1: my manager. Like, oh, yeah, they were they were yeah. very accepting or very accommodating.
0: <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah. I think everyone's had a boss that's like,, uh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's really cool that they were understanding about that. You want to give him a shout out?
1: Oh, sure. I think it was a uh, bill at Ruth's Chris in Anaheim.
0: Ooh. Okay, first of all, I wish I would have known you when you were, are you still working? No,
1: now? I, no, the scheduling no. is understanding is and accepting as they were. Um, it, I felt bad continually asking for time off with no know. notice. And so I eventually quit. Yeah.
0: Oh man. I was going to be like, ah, uh, I'm going to go in. I know I have a
1: 50% discount as an employee too, but oh. I know that was hard for me to lose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that we're going to get into it just conversation about steak and then we I know we're want we, we got to talk on my about In-N-Out Occupants burger. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, there's one thing that I loved about this movie well there's many things that I loved about this movie but the one thing I loved was I actually um, showed it to two of my friends who were going to meet uh, Russ the next day as sure. well And after the movie we just talked about the movie and parallel universes and, you know, essentially, you know, the theory of infinite universes and where we thought Annie split into dark Annie um, back in her past. And it's so rare that a movie nowadays can get you talking about it.
1: I love that. That's, that's one of our main goals is, is to spark people's interest enough that they have to talk about it, um, with an interesting enough topic that they can talk about it for a good length of time. We love that.
0: So, so great. Where, where do you think, and, um, if, in case people didn't know, the basic premise is you've got Annie and Neil and there's beautiful, happy couple, um, everything's going great. And then the parallel universe is Dark Annie and Neil, and their marriage is on the rocks, and they're very, like, kind of mean to each other, and it's very apparent that they're not as happy with one another. So, I've I've spoken to Russ about this. Where do you think, or where in your mind, did Annie kind of split into the Annie that we see, and then the Dark Annie that we... guess also
1: I like to think and this may be different from what you know Russ intended or the writer Julia Cameron intended um I like to think that it happened very slowly over time Um, I like to think that dark Annie just didn't have her stars align in the same way that original Annie did and that Doesn't ruin because Annie is a really resilient person. She very much is. She's extremely strong. She's a great character. And so one bad day doesn't ruin a character like that. No one gets a psychotic break from one bad day or one bad incident. But I think that with Darth Annie's situation, she had incidents after incidents after incidents of things that were just out of her control, not in her favor. As opposed to things that were out of original Annie's control that were in her favor. And I think that's what drove Darth Annie a little bit. Sorry, I'm calling her Darth Annie, like Darth Vader. That was a nickname that one of our uh, viewers gave her, and we kept it because we loved it. Um,
0: (laughs) I I was like, is she saying Darth or dark? Because. I, I've known her as right. Dark, but I also enjoy. Dark. I, I
1: have a, I had a feeling that Russ told you we call her Darth Annie because he tells everybody because he loves that name so much. But if he didn't explain it, it's we were at a screening once and a viewer stood up and talked about Darth Annie, like Darth Vader, and <laughs> it just we loved it so much it totally stuck. Um, so yeah, that would be the answer of your question. I think it happened slowly and over time, and I think the real moment where it turned from she's just a moderate villain to like a Cersei villain is when <laughs> she sees the life she could have had when she sees original Annie
0: that I think that could very well drive somebody insane Absolutely. Um, just to see like why didn't I get oh, this sure. what happened in my then, life where I
1: what did I do to deserve this am I just a bad person then I might yes. as well own it.
0: Yes. But see, that... I don't know. is Could Dark Annie be like, am I just a bad person? But then think, but then there's this other me that's not a bad person. Like, are we that different?
1: I think that's what trips people out about the movie the most. And I think that's what trips people out about parallel universes the most, is that your life could be immensely different if you choose orange juice or milk you know one little tiny thing could change so the butterfly effect you know um yeah and i think that's the conversation that we love to hear is starting when people see this movie because there is no answer <laughs> it's a gray yeah. area
0: definitely a shade of gray and it's it, it's it's You you hit the nail on the head, though. It's because what – how close are we to – yes, if we have the milk versus the orange juice or, you know, even smaller than that. What if we're, you know, five minutes late and we miss a bus or we miss a connection or, you know, we – Anyways, my my brain is going like <laughs> off the rails right now because I'm thinking of how I met, how I remet my wife. That's so funny.
1: I remet my boyfriend too. The first <laughs> time we it was like a missed connection, and then we met again. It was like fate needed us to meet. Isn't that weird? Oh yeah. yeah?
0: Do you want to share that story? Because I'm really curious. Or should we wait till we're done? It recording? doesn't
1: matter. Um, it, it's a really <laughs> short, simple story. Um, I was working at a clothing store when I was 19 at my summer job and met him there he also worked there and I left for New York the next week we were Facebook friends but we didn't really speak um and so the next summer I came home looking for a summer job I didn't want to go back to my old job so I looked everywhere else and nowhere else would hire me except the clothing store that I worked at last summer and that's the summer we started dating oh isn't that weird that's
0: it that's adorable. Thanks. <laughs> I love that. See, mine is, I met my wife. She was dating a friend of mine. They broke up. I didn't speak to her for like two or three years. She moved to LA a week before or a month before she moved. She was working at my gym and I ended up going in and I recognized her and we started talking. Then she moved. Then again, two years later, we had been kept in contact a little bit via Facebook. I was like, hey, I'm going to be in L.A. I don't know when I'm going to get another chance and I don't know what this is going to lead to, but I'd like to take you out to dinner. And so when I, I, I totally went out to dinner with her, just expecting it to be dinner and then being like, oh, this was a lovely date. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, and it, it it it's kind of scaring me that Darth Kenny could have done that completely yeah. different.
1: Isn't that crazy? And that's just, it's all about, sometimes the stars aligning and things that are out of your control. So it's 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 totally trippy, you know, to think about how happy yeah. you are, I'm sure, with your wife, and how unhappy you could be if you hadn't met her one or two or three times, or met her until... You asked her out, <laughs> you know? Yes.
0: But, I I mean, I, I'm also the type of person that, like, <laughs> you said earlier, you're a little cynical about it. But I, I'm just the eternal optimist. And I'm like, well, yes, there's a universe where I'm really unhappy and really sad. But there's another universe where I'm super happy, but I'm not with her.
1: Could be. Yeah.
0: So, so you know... I'm sure I'm, in case she's listening, I am happiest in this universe with her, because she is wonderful. Alright, now um, where and when can people see Occupants?
1: So, Occupants is going to be screening at the Film Festival at San Diego Comic-Con July 23rd, I believe. Check that. Um, July 23rd at 10.45pm. So, that screening is sort of hush hush open to the public is my understanding um because it's supposed to be for comic-con people but if you wanted to go see it i don't think they're checking badges is what i've heard
0: okay so it's not in. correct it's
1: actually at a theater i think somewhere nearby very close very close by yeah so it's at the film festival at san diego comic-con that's the best way to see it in the coming months um, we do have a few other conventions that we're doing official screenings of. I believe Florida, there's a Comic-Con there. And then um, other than that, hopefully we get a super awesome distributor who makes it available <laughs> for purchase either online or what have you. But that's in the future.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, I am very much hoping that happens. Um, I do think a decent number of people will... Love this movie, and so I want as many people to see it as possible.
1: Well, it's actually kind of cool. We've gotten great, great feedback, and like you said, it it, it starts a conversation that people are excited to talk about, um, and that's one of the most important things because at the end of the day, they're still talking about something that was inspired by our movie. Um, so I think that it's going to be in high demand.
0: Our um, the, just the entire world that this movie created is expansive. And so I've heard rumors of a sequel if the demand is there.
1: Um, The word sequel keeps getting bantered around, and the word franchise opportunities keeps getting bantered around. You know me, I'm a cynic. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm not going to trust it until I'm signing a contract that says that I will be in the sequel. <laughs> but, I mean, of course, my hopes are there, and I know that Russ is a driving force of nature behind occupants and what he wants he'll get i know that for sure
0: Yeah, that dude has one year oh, yes. and it's full oh absolutely ahead. i
1: am so grateful that my first feature was with him because i mean holy cow i am so grateful to have someone as motivated and dedicated as him behind this movie
0: yeah, he's he's awesome and it's, it's really fun just to sit down and watch Game of Thrones with him, too.
1: Kind of I haven't, it. actually. That's interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we had him over on Sunday oh, for fun. the season finale. Yeah, and he was, he was at our... He recorded our um, Game of Thrones Season 6 recap Love podcast it. with us, and... Uh, he, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Have you ever spoken Game of Thrones no, with him? Have no, you guys ever talked had that about chat? about it.
1: That's so weird.
0: Oh, he's... He's very much um, obsessed with Lady Stoneheart or the reincarnated cat I love Stark. that. Very cool. So he's like, yeah. Um, and I mentioned this when Russ was on the podcast. I'm going to mention it uh, on this one as well. But if people can find me at the Occupant screening, if they're at San Diego Comic-Con, I will be in a Dungeons and Dragons t-shirt. It's got a big dragon on the back, of people. You can't miss it. And gives, give me the password, which is Dark Annie. Not Darth. Dark. But if you say Darth, I'll probably hook you up anyway. Um, I will have special prizes for everybody. Cool. Wow. Yes. So, um, it's 1045 at night. It is past my bedtime, but I will make a point oh, to be thank there. thank you. It
1: does mean the world to <laughs> right. us to have you there. It's not the same without an Aww. audience.
0: That's probably yeah. true. Although the first time I watched Occupants, I was alone in a dark did it house. Did creep you out? <laughs> uh, did you not bit, want to go I into your like, kitchen
1: because you might get hit with a frying pan?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> but I did want to get rid of all my
1: hands. <laughs> I get that.
0: <laughs> and, then, and then my my wife specifically avoided watching the movie just because she doesn't like those types of films. And she was refusing to talk to me until like the last third of the movie, she came downstairs and was trying to talk to me, and I'm on the edge of the couch going, "I'll deal with you in like a half hour." Like this is way too intense right now, honey. So, so yes, she was she was very understanding I'm about sure. that.
1: Sure. The film has the momentum, you yeah. know.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's definitely. Um, I would say there's an ellipses and it just it just goes up. Um, so I'm a big fan, and I don't. I don't know if people have gotten that from me. Yeah. <laughs> over this on three different podcasts with y'all. Um. So, San Diego Comic Con, have you no, been before? This
1: is gonna be my first one.
0: First one. All right. What are you? What is the favorite thing you're looking forward to? That's not the occupant screening.
1: I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most is probably the atmosphere of it. I've been to a few smaller. I mean, there's almost no Comic Con bigger than than San Diego comic con, but I've been to a few other big comic cons in their own right. And, um, I just love the energy of it just walking around and everybody is either dressed up or, or is just so excited and they're on a mission and they've got things to do and they've done some awesome things. And every, the energy there is just so accepting and so loving and, and so excited. It's just, I love to just go and people watch and soak it all in and, and meet people. It's my favorite thing.
0: For sure. Are you gonna be cosplaying? No. At
1: all?
0: <laughs> no. Here's
1: here's okay. the thing about that is I cannot craft things with my hands. I can't. I can't sew. I can't make costumes, and I don't have enough money to buy a legit <laughs> one. Cause like I respect the people who walk around in you know a something that they drafted up themselves that was within their budget, within their abilities. Um, but when I like to dress up, I like to go all
0: out and so
1: until i can drop you know two thousand dollars on a good zelda costume i won't be cosplaying
0: all right but maybe one day i i'm if i can get the last part of my costume i am going to be cosplaying and i'm super excited about it but i just i need a seamstress i need someone who can sell
1: you have asking the wrong lady over here
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no worries. Apparently, I've been asking a lot of the wrong people. Well,
1: sewing one. is a dying art. I'm sorry to say it. It's It used to be a household art, and now it's a rarity.
0: Oh, yeah. That's very, very true. All right. Um. So I have taken up over an hour <laughs> of your time. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, do you have a go-to uh, nerd or fitness resource app, website, or something that, uh, that helps you – Uh, keep up with your nerd passions your gaming passions or uh your hiking your fitness stuff
1: my biggest resource is just my friends or people that i meet and socialize with because a lot of this a lot of the gaming and activity stuff that i do uh, fitness stuff that i do too it's all socially based it's all based on people going, Hey, have you seen this game? It's really cool. Or, Oh my gosh, I know this really cool hiking trail or, Oh, you want to go to yoga with me? Like it's all social based. And so I really try to let my friend group know, or anybody new that I meet that my, join my friend group, um, you know, things that I like to do and, and shared activities and that helps motivate each other too.
0: For sure. Excellent. Um, and where can people connect with you, um, or occupants uh, social media wise.
1: Okay, so I've talked a lot about my Let's Play gaming YouTube channel. That is going to be. Uh, it's called Strange Rebel Gaming, and in my experience, if you just search that in the YouTube search, Strange Rebel Gaming it should be one of the first ones pop up. Um, and if you want to find the Twitter for that, which is where I post all my video updates, and also if I when I do live streaming, all live streaming updates go there. It's at the Strange Rebel, and that's my link for Twitter. Instagram and Snapchat as well.
0: Uh, Anything else? Any other social medias that you want to give out? No. Um,
1: I have (laughs) a Facebook dedicated to my acting stuff, and that's facebook.com slash briannawhite.actress. That's B-R-I-A-N-A.
0: Yes. All right. And to cap things off, what parting advice do you have for everyone out there listening to the podcast?
1: My favorite thing that i live by is do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life
0: um, and it is a good reason why everyone should do what they love and then the world will be we'll have less angry people yelling about i completely
1: agree <laughs> i really do
0: <laughs> all right uh brianna thank you so much for being here on the dumbbells and dragons podcast we have absolutely loved thank you. you it's been my pleasure Dragons, that about wraps it up. I'm glad you could join us for this episode. Uh, I hope to see y'all at San Diego Comic Con. Come find me at the Occupant Screening. I'll have special prizes for everybody. Other than that, we'll catch you on the next one. Workout Nerd Out, everyone.